0: there listeners welcome back to the 963 universal frequency i'm the host esther clare spreading awareness with an open heart and open mind living life and being free after speaking with my guest in this episode for some reason i reminisced on my travel through europe in specific italy rome and france the south of paris and so I found my photo albums that were packed away in boxes in my storage room, and yes, I travelled there during the time when digital cameras were in fashion and people printed their memories or uploaded them into the computer via the camera, not the mobile phone. So finally, after rummaging around, I found the photo that related to my nostalgic feeling. I have photos of the 16th chapel referred to as Michelangelo's 16th chapel as he painted the inside of the chapel and it was established in 1471 and I believe Michelangelo painted somewhere between 1500 to 1513 anyway in this chapel I took photos of the 12 zodiac signs and looking back now I record doing this because I saw my sign the Turin Taurus symbol. And that was the time, the age, I was hugely into star signs. And so I took out the camera. I just thought it was really cool and, and took the shot. And the same for the Chartres Cathedral in France. And if I pronounce that incorrectly, I apologize. And that cathedral was built in the 16th century. And I took a photo of the astrological clock. And at the time, I didn't connect it at all to the Roman Catholic Church, astrology and Christianity. And so anyway, I I went to the Bible, as you do in these mystifying situations. Uh, I, I don't know the Bible from cover to cover. I only really know Genesis. That's how far I've been able to get. And I tend to refer back to the Bible when someone quotes or refers to one of the verses so that I can have some understanding of what they're trying to to get at. And so it led me to the creation story in Genesis, verse 1, 14 to 19, which I connected to astrology immediately. And I'll just read the verse, God commanded, let lights appear in the sky to separate day from night and to show the time when days, years and religious festivals begin. They will shine in the sky to give light to the earth, and it was done. So God made two larger lights, the sun to rule over the day and the moon to rule over the night. He also made the stars. He placed the lights in the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God was pleased with what he saw. Evening passed and morning came. That was the fourth day. And so I just interpreted it as... There had to be a way of us to be able to tell time, to have a calendar and obviously to celebrate these religious traditions that were in the uh, Catholic belief. There's also a verse in Isaiah 47, 14 to 15, where it says they will be like bits of straw and a fire will burn them up. They will not even be able to save themselves. The flames will be too hot for them not a cozy fire to warm themselves by. That is all the good they will do you, those astrologers you've consulted all your life. They will all leave you and go on their own way and none will be left to save you. So it sounds quite harsh, but you have to read the whole book of Isaiah, I think, to actually understand where that context comes into play. And I I take it that the astrologers have predicted the end of the world and... And so, yeah, you should go check it out. Check out the verse that the, the verse that actually really striked me is in the book of Daniel and it relates to King Nebuchadnezzar. And so I'm not going to read the whole story. I I recommend you, you read it yourself to, to understand it and, and interpret it the way that you see it, but basically it's about these three men who are astrologers back then they were called uh, Chaldeans and because these Chaldeans would not bow down to the god that the king was asking them to bow down to so he, he decides to execute them which is yes again very very harsh and so these astrologers end up being placed into or pushed or however you want to see it into the furnace and they don't burn they're protected by their god and so the king Nebuchadnezzar realizes this and decides to to order them back out and he he gets the men back out and they are completely untouched by the flames they are unhurt and it's all because of their god has protected them The king then bows down to them and he's obviously a little apologetic the way that I perceived it and realizes that they have their own God. And there's actually copious verses relating to astrologers in in the Bible. I'm not going to go through all of them. And there's also these warnings of pagan practices, which is witchcraft and fortune-telling and for some reason they seem to to connect them in the Bible. yet I, I get this feeling that there is this nefarious twist which is emphasized on all of it and the reason I sense this in the Bible is I feel as if it steers the reader into believing in one God but there's these lessons that are learned that there isn't just one. and I got the impression from the book of Daniel when. Nebuchadnezzar realizes that the astrologers had a separate God that protected them. It's also said that the three wise men were also astrologers. Back then, like I said, they were called Chaldeans, And Chaldeans were actually ancient people that lived and ruled in Babylon before Christ 625. Back then Babylon and now known as Iraq. So I I found this all very interesting that astrology is actually noted in the Bible. And I knew it had been around as far back in antiquity, but to see it in biblical text is awesome. So whether or not you think the Bible is pseudepigraphical in text, or you believe it word for word, to know that astrology has always been in the teaching and, and that the Catholic Church has actually always had some connection to astrologers amongst all religions because you won't just find this in Christianity, you'll also find it in shamanic teachings and Hinduism and I'm quite sure all religions will have some connection to astrology. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling on and play the discussion with Indra Rinsla who is an astrologer. And there's just so much more that I wish I could have asked. We just didn't have enough time and hopefully there will be a next time because there is so much more that I would like to explore in this realm. And so I will now play our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. I'll catch you at the end. Joining me today is Indra Rinsler from Northern California. He is well-traveled, a healer, teacher, and knowledgeable in the field of astrology relative to enneagrams, the yugas, Vedic systems, the wheel of totality, also the four doorways to conscious living. Good evening, Indra. Thank you for connecting with me.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Great, and I believe you are well traveled. So you've been to fifty six countries. Is that correct? You even met your wife in uh, India ashram.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, my yeah, I did. I, I've been to fifty six countries. I I uh, I lived in a spiritual community for twenty years in California in ashram, mm-hmm. and about the same time my kids grew up, and about the same time my wife and I kind of were gonna do some different things and uh, I had a complete changeover. And I started, tra- so I went to India Mm -hmm. Uh, among other things. I ended up going to India, and uh, then uh, I ended up starting to travel, and uh, I've only been in America one winter since 1998, other than COVID, uh, now a couple of COVID winters, and I've been, uh, I had an import business for a while, and uh, well, for 12 years, I was uh, importing handicrafts from India, Nepal, you know, Bali, the whole route, Thailand, and all over the world. I had a chance to travel to uh, some really amazing places and had some real adventures so that not moving, hardly going to town now is okay, because I, yeah. I had a good 20 years on the road.
0: What was one of your favorite places? To see you, I'm sure you've got many, but how, how about a few that you can... Well,
1: I, I think, you know, favorite, I don't know. I mean, the ones that were really memorable were Mongolia, was really memorable. And yeah, uh,
0: I went to Mongolia. Uh,
1: <laughs> did you go?
0: I did go. I I did enjoy the experience. I lived with some nomads. I, I actually oh, okay. did get a little bit sick from the food, so that's why I'm a little. Oh, that's
1: <laughs> that's the price of that's the price of admission. Uh, yeah, Mongolia, the uh, the 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 highest capita of horses per person in the world and mm-hmm. a, a based on a nomadic culture with uh, a, Genghis Khan had no language and no cities and no written written I mean language yes but no written language and uh was the greatest emperor in the world and uh, it's a very interesting place. Uh, Ethiopia was was a was an incredible place to go to uh the the um I didn't get up to the highlands but the but the uh, the Ark of Covenant being there, the headwaters yeah. of the Nile, and the high uh, the uh, uh, highlands of Ethiopia, and uh, Lucy, the four million year old bones that they dug up around oh, there, is wow. uh, it's so uh, it was so. Um, you know, I thought when I got there, I thought, "Well, it hasn't come here yet. This is this is in disrepute." Mm-hmm. But then I came to realize that it had already been there. It been there. It's been there for thousands of years. Yeah. It being, it being, you know, consciousness. It being, uh, it it being spirit. It being a depth. It being a family. And uh, Ethiopian. You ever had eat at an Ethiopian restaurant? You you eat on. You sit on a stool around the bread in the (laughs) middle and then they pour yeah they pour the food together and then you you know it's like it's, it's a whole it's a it's a family way of eating and it's like that's part of their culture it was really a deep experience um i was um i thought i knew something when i got there and when i left i was uh very humbled i didn't stay very long and i bought some really Interesting things there. Uh, I've been uh, Turkey. I love going to Turkey. Morocco. I've been mm. a couple times to Morocco, and yeah, that was a, that was a wonderful life.
0: And so, when did you? <laughs> I know. I mean, it's amazing. You know? uh, I, I thought I was well traveled, but you are amazingly well traveled. Uh, and and do you think that this is how you came to found your passion, or was it prior to this? Did travel have any impact on on how you came to? Being knowledgeable in astrology and enneagrams and-
1: no okay. no the travel was opening the travel was a, a time of expansion it was a, a time of uh, uh t- after living in an ashram for 20 years it was an expansion time it was like living my 20s again mm. and a, a freedom uh you hang out you, uh, you've been to Rishikesh I usually hang out in Rishikesh in northern India and I like to say about Rishikesh it's like the parents uh are away for the weekend all the time
0: yeah that's <laughs> fun <Yeah. laughs> <Nice one.
1: laughs> do you know what I mean yeah and yeah so so <laughs> so like uh there was a freedom and a free spirit and a, and a sense of adventure and a sense of a, a sense of uh, a, a presence that came on, and it was it was a it was a deepening spiritual uh, a time staying in India longer and uh, and being able to go to incredible places that I had uh, I just heard about a place I ran into the first time I went to India, excuse me, China. We took a bus nine hours from the border. I walked over from Vietnam, and uh, after nine hours on the Chinese buses, and their system is pretty good, but but so we got to uh, uh, Koming around nine and ten o'clock at night on a summer evening, and everybody was pretty tired. And so we hung for a few minutes and then then we sort of broke into groups. And one guy I said to one guy, "You know where are you going?" And he says, I'm going to Mongolia (laughs) and I said to myself I don't even know where the heck Mongolia is or what it is but I can guarantee you the next summer I went to Mongolia yeah and uh so yeah sort of free time and uh I wasn't so old I was old but not so old and I could appreciate it and, and, and enjoy it and really broaden Broadened myself tremendously and able to bring back things for people mm-hmm. from all over the world that was fun for uh, the 12 years I did that I, I don't know <laughs> if I mentioned but I was doing the importing then that's so ah, I was buying the okay. buying of things that's why I, I went to these countries
0: what items were you buying and exporting
1: uh, uh singing bowls uh, uh textiles scarves uh, hemp things, uh, hemp bags, lots of bags, uh, all sorts of trinkets and things that, that were, uh, some of them were uh, way ahead of their time in sense of, uh, I would go places that people weren't going, so I was wholesaling things to stores yeah. that uh, people hadn't seen before.
0: And when did you stop that?
1: Around 2012. I I, I kind of got tired. I, I It wasn't so much that... Um, Again, it wasn't so much that I was too old to do it, but it's just that it was just, it was wearing on me, the lifestyle. And I and I wanted to do this astrology. I wanted to do these readings. I wanted to get serious. I was ready to get serious with astrology after uh, oh, 40 years involvement, it was time to uh, buckle down. And uh, I went into a planetary period of uh, the the 19 year, Uh, Saturn, Mahadasha, the great period that we have in Vedic astrology, the astrology of India that um, that people um, most people don't know about but we have these periods Mm -hmm. and so I went into my Saturn period and that's inward, inward, inward and at that point it was like a giant foot was on me that it became harder to do and eventually I I uh, I lovingly gave it up because I had to do this other thing was calling on me and I couldn't uh, I couldn't not do that.
0: So what was the trigger what was the the light bulb moment of I'm going to start studying or I'm going to start doing readings?
1: Well, you know, I think the 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 moment was more was just be just before I started traveling is when I first found the enneagram Okay. And I was in this transition part of my life and I had a, somebody said, well, we'll take this Enneagram weekend, Enneagram of Personality Weekend. And I, I didn't know at all what this was, 1999. And, uh, and so I took the class, I took the, a, a weekend class. And um, on Saturday, it occurred to me that Enneagram and astrology were kind of similar. Now, I understand that most people don't see that and that's okay but the thing is is that they look to me like mandalas they were both had psychology they both have you know ancient roots whether it be the greeks or whether it be the um the sufis but don't take any responsibility for the enneagram but Mm -hmm. you know as a as a spiritual teaching and as a, a guidance factor they look familiar to me and i had a feeling that they were interconnected and I, I happened to, within three months, I found a man who had a system who could explain to me how Enneagram and, and astrology work together that we could see people's Enneagrams. Enneagram being that there are nine archetypes, that there are nine personality types. Enneagram means nine-sided figure, So there are nine points. And so, and so we can put musical notes at these points, we can put foods, we can put uh, planets, but we can also put personalities. And, uh, and this was done by a student of a student of the man that came up with the Enneagram. And he called it the enneagram of personality, and that it was the nine archetypes. And and these are incredible tools to help us to know our core triggers, uh, help us to understand the patterning in our behavior. And while it's an incredible psychological tool, mm-hmm. it is because we know ourselves better and we can have more compassion for other people. As a spiritual tool, it is unique because it has no bias and it helps you to know to get to get you out of the story and into the moment by helping you to see what the core triggers are you can go deep into these personality stories in order to be able to let let them go and uh i believe they express they explain what i call the two to five thousand year judeo-christian tradition of bs of all the conditioning all the conditioning (laughs) that has been passed down for the last that has been developed and passed down in the last 5,000 years, has culminated in these nine personality stories. And one of these stories is at our core and it's a lens that we navigate our life with. So so uh, working with it with astrology, I'm able to see the Enneagram stories in astrological uh, configurations. Okay. And this enabled me, this was an interest of mine it enables me to use those tools to go uh, deeper. And uh, I understand them to be a, um, a Drapara Yuga tool that we're not in Kali Yuga anymore. There are four, uh, the Yuga cycles of India, the highest being uh, Satyuga, then next down is Treta Yuga and then Drapara Yuga, the energy age. And then the lowest age is Kali Yuga when, when we're living in density and and we're living in in simplicity and 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 uh authoritarian and limitation and that isn't the cycle that we're in now i believe that the cycles changed in 1900 and so these tools that i'm using while astrology is yes an old tool and an old map it can be used in a higher vibration way in order not to make predictions but in order to be able to understand our strengths and our weaknesses in order to be able to let them go in order to be able to understand what stories the planets are indicating us by our weak planets in order to be able to understand ourselves and again to be able to let go so so my focus in my readings and my focus in my work is helping people to become who they really are, not who they think they are. That's the personality. Okay. So that's kind of fast.
0: Yes, that definitely sums up the overall explanation. I wanted to know your thoughts on the online Enneagram tests that you can do on those websites to, to, to see which personality you fall under, as I did do a couple.
1: Well, the readings, the, the 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 tests. I mean, we we we, we take the test. I have tests that I offer. In fact, I am going to offer a uh, a free test that uh, for that people can take that I can send to them if they if they uh, write me. And you know, uh, we can talk about that later. And I'll also offer a free uh, Vedic uh, their their Vedic astrology chart. Oh, okay? okay, awesome. So the the tests are really good. The thing is, is that they don't really work for everybody. Uh, some tests are better than others. And um, I think that, that the tests will give you an idea. The, the problem is is that some people don't know who they are. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but the fact is, is that their, their planetary positions, their, their sun is 12th house, their sun is conjunct mm-hmm. with other planets and they're kind of confused about who they are. And it's neither good nor bad, but it is, people's story, it is the reality for some people and um, those people have trouble with those tests because they say, what do you feel? And they say, I don't know. And mm. th- they say, do you feel this? And they say, yeah, I feel that. And then they say, do you feel this? And they say, yeah, I feel that too. And what about this? Oh yeah, that too. So, so they have difficulty, but, but for many of the people, the, the, the tests uh, do work and they give you, if they, if they may not be the right answer, it's at least the next step in your, in your investigation because only you can figure out your Enneagram number
0: yeah I for one test I got eight and I read it and I thought no this isn't me <laughs> so I did it yeah, again you don't seem like an eight and I got yeah. a seven
1: yeah so I'm a seven so that's that's the traveler in us so yeah oh, that means, okay that's reasonable yeah that's okay. very reasonable your
0: spirituality or religion what's your belief your perspective
1: I think I try to stay away from beliefs. Uh, I had a teacher that said uh, she wasn't into any isms, and I kind of be- I kind of went into that, and then she also, uh, you know, taught me to believe and disbelieve everything. And so, you know, I suppose, you know, probably we reincarnate. You know, we probably there's an ethereal life, but you know, I can't tell whether this is ego crap and mm-hmm. conditioning mm-hmm. or whether this is this is real and I mean sure you feel things and and you're, feel thi- you're feeling things give you intuition and your intuition says well this feels like the right thing and this is the way things are and the, this is the way things aren't and uh, as we get further and further into this virtual path uh, 50, 50 years for me, you know, I don't have really have any beliefs that that uh, I don't really hold on to anything that the, the, the teachings the, the 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 one of the breathless moments of the teachings is when they say, I'm nobody. Mm-hmm. And there isn't anything and there's nothing. I had a teacher in India, another teacher in India used to say, uh, say, we say, how you doing Swami he says I'm busy. I'm busy doing nothing. That he was busy serving people all the time. He hardly slept. Yeah. But he had the attitude of busy doing nothing. So... You know, I don't know. I don't really understand the question. I don't really know how to answer it. You know, I mean, you know, do unto others as you want to do unto them. Them to do unto you. You know, the the thing is that that those there's truth in that, but there's also that you can you can manipulate it, and you can you know, what is what do I really want people to do? And 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 you know, and I don't I don't want to have any expectations about anybody. You know, so 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 they become cliches and and so you it's it's a it's a process of letting go of any holdings that you have the 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 awakening is a process of release that we're already there that it's already here for us and the only thing that's keeping us from whatever we want to experience is the blocks that we're putting in front of it so maybe those are my spiritual beliefs you know if that's uh... No, I like
0: it. I, I often think to myself, <laughs> I let my ego get ahead of me all the time. And I think, oh, I think I know. And then afterwards, I realize now I don't know. I know nothing. But I do feel there is the divine and a source of negative, positive frequency, energy, polarity, however you want to define it. And in some way, we humans are our own God. And the information we receive and or read, there's always a protagonist and an antagonist. And obviously, the individual perceives in their own level of understanding. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I I don't actually know what my belief is anymore, but I do like <laughs> to hear other people's perspectives. And I think, okay. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, no, no, that's good. I like that, Indra. It's wonderful. You were saying before, people don't really know themselves. So that's why it's sometimes hard for them to do these tests and and get the right answers out of them in what way, or can you give us any advice as to how people can actually understand who they are as a person, who they truly are?
1: Well, it's a, it's the, it's the work, you know, it's the work is that you have to, you have to, you have to figure out what your identity is Mm. and then you have to let it go. But you can't let it go without knowing it because then it's empty. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, for some people who are strong in themselves, they have a particular planetary combination configurations, it's really easy for them to know who they are and 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 you know, and they're proud of it until until they get humbled, you know, in 40s and 50s, maybe not till sixties. But other people go through and it's really hard for them to figure out is is that what I feel or is that what people want me to feel and is that is that is that my own belief or is it some other belief is it is it my thinking is that my voice in my head or is that somebody else's voice in my head they don't know and they can go 20 30 40 50 years figuring that out and the process is step by step moment by moment inch by inch and then Eventually, uh, you know, like uh, uh, like uh, taking paint off of a you know dresser, you know, yes. <laughs> inch by inch, you know. Eventually, it comes off of a wall, a wall or wallpaper, you know. Painted mm-hmm. they painted the wallpaper or whatever. Uh, or the brick. We had that here. They paint the brick and you would clean the, the paint off the brick. So it's like inch by inch, you know, you chisel it and you put more goop on it and you chisel it some more and you let it sit overnight and you you blow torch it and then you, you know, water torch it and you do whatever you can to get that sticky stuff off. And it's, uh, it's in our letting go. And then that we don't know, you know, that the, um, the truth comes that the that we're open to hearing it and you know one of my one of my so how did it how did what i want come to me was being opened you know that the universe synchronicity is always happening but it isn't that we're always seeing it mm-hmm. synchronicity doesn't have an on-off switch we put an on-off switch on it yeah. by being present
0: mm-hmm. so
1: so when you uh so, if you're open, then when it's your time, then the right thing comes. Do you
0: think that we are all born this way on purpose, not knowing who we are? Or do you think it's society that impacts us and we then forget who we are?
1: No, no, that we're born this way. That, 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 and, you know, whether it's uh, whether we sit down at a card table with what we call, you know, a, we call it a card table, a table, uh, you know, with God before our life. And we say, and God says, well, what's it going to be this time? And we plan it out. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to fantasize with that vision, you know, in order to give people uh, an understanding, whether it happens or not, doesn't really matter. But the point is, yeah, there could be a setup, you know, that, that you're, you know, that you're, you know, too tall or not tall enough because, because of something that happened and it's something to teach and you know and people uh, like you and don't like you and you're you know really good and you're not good at all and it and it's a purpose and um um that's better than being a victim that's mm-hmm. better than being that somebody's out to get me you know it's it's a better yeah. way to live and um uh, and uh i don't know what the truth is but that's what feels comfortable to me is that yeah there seems to be some reason yeah. and uh, and whatever if there is no reason it it doesn't seem like anything's lost if you're not if you're not uh, uh, wedded to the reason if you're not living your whole life for this reason mm. you know for my passions the fact is is that they that they um that they're expressive, they're amazingly expressive of an energy that I knew as a child. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that it would be a modality and I didn't know that it would be a life's work. And I didn't know, but I had interest in mathematics and I had interest in, in sacred geometry before I even knew the term. And I had interest in 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 helping and psychological and son of a gun, if uh, if uh, divinity didn't come up with these moda- modality, that wasn't even invented. Yeah. When I was uh, uh, born, <laughs> 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 you yeah, know, really, you right. know, I mean, some roots <laughs> were there, mm-hmm. but and and Vedic astrology wasn't there either. I mean, the astrology of India was there but uh, Dane Rudger and his and his buddies were just getting started i mentioned to someone a couple of times recently in podcasts that this uh, for just, just take a minute or two but this Dane Rudger who's who was the the king of the uh, breaking loose astrology he wrote a book in 1933 uh, called the lunation cycle and in this cycle and in this book he proposed that there was a cycle to the moon that the that the first that the new moon had meaning that mm-hmm. the first quarter had meaning that the full moon had meaning and the fourth the the third quarter uh, you know the third to fourth quarter had meaning and and that um, it was never considered before that that before that that the distance from full moon to uh third quarter and full moon to first quarter was the same and so it was considered the same energy and he said no there's a cycle going on here and and in this cycle there there's a progression and in this whole idea that's almost 100 years old now the whole the whole astrology is blown open is yeah. is that it it tells a story that, that it's a it has a beginning and an end and it isn't just fixed it isn't limited and it isn't uh, merely mathematical it it's mathematical but those those mathematics have frequencies and then they have energy Mm-hmm. And the the interplay of these energies tell a story, and so the whole astrology has totally changed.
0: Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's changing now, or has it always been in the making?
1: <laughs> no, it's changing now because of Japa yuga because the the bind the body mind connection is coming back in, because it's the energy age, because in between 19 we were in 1894 it was predicted that the the the, the 2,000 years of Dwapara Yuga would start in 1900, and between 1900 and 1910, we only had the first flight, we had uh, uh, quantum physics, (laughs)
0: uh,
1: the theory of relativity, and Pavlov and conditioning, between 1900 and 1910. And then we had the atom uh, crash, not crashing, but the uh, splitting. And then we had the internet and we had universal health care. These are not, these are not Kali Yuga ideas. These are, these are, these are ideas of a brand new uh, cycle. And so uh, an energy cycle, a whole revolution. And, and, and what we're finding are all of these, these ancient crafts, feng shui and 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 I Ching and uh, tarot, all this stuff coming back from, from the the descending Drapara Yuga age. You know, it's a three thousand three thousand year jump across to where we are now. Uh, well, not yeah, not not three thousand, but a a little over two thousand year uh, uh, jump across to where these things disappeared in the higher ages. Mm-hmm.
0: Why is it that these ancient civilization, astrological teachings or knowledge isn't publicized or widely known? Has it been kept from us?
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm not much of a conspiracy conspiracy person, but I mean, I think the thing is, is that, of course, (laughs) it's being (laughs) kept away from us. (laughs) But the fact is, is that if you hide it in, you, you know, if you hide it in, in plain sight uh, people will ignore it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know yeah and if you tell them you know love your neighbor uh, they'll they'll kill you (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so you know I don't want to put it on the conspiracy people because people aren't ready you know I mean most mm. people aren't ready there are people that are ready in each age there are people who are ready and they're the ones that bring it forward from from year to from year to year you know the uh, you know the 700 uh, level in uh, uh, David Hawkins book I don't you know you're talking about frequency so in David yeah. Hawkins book where he Okay, so there's only 12 700s, he says, <laughs> on the earth at one time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So,
1: you know, there are people here, but there's only twelve of them at seven hundred. So, so the thing is, is that uh, the you know the, the the average humanity is under two hundred, and there you can hide it in plain sight, and they will they'll <laughs> run away from it. So, so there may be some conspiracy going on but but i don't see where that's Mm. uh helpful that's not helpful for me maybe that's helpful for some people to think that way it's not helpful for me because then it gets into victim and it gets into them guys and it gets into it shouldn't be that way and those i've worked decades in order to let go of any of those kinds of ideas they they don't really serve they don't serve me in the highest way
0: yeah love it i love it indra (laughs) going back on okay (laughs) going back into uh, what your practice or services that you do can you elaborate on being a healer and teacher and astrologer
1: yeah so I use those terms occasionally I throw them out there healer in the sense that uh, I'm a I'm a uh, if there's one ism I kind of believe in it's shamanism Mm-hmm. Even though I've never taken a class and I know nothing about it, the fact mm-hmm. that the alchemy that creating something from nothing and so and so around me something something will manifest from nothing and so I can I have a point of view the the, the approach I take with the life readings using these modalities I call it science and intuition and so the science part of it is that it's observable and that it's teachable and that it's it's its patterns and that it it's it's you can see it happening and then the intuition takes over and then helps me uh, in readings to the I feel like I hear the other person telling me what I, what I need to tell them their their higher self is telling me it's my childhood, tell me it's my childhood, you know, or whatever it is in order to help them to see, you know, I told the client yesterday, um, I don't think what you're feeling is all present. Anger, you know, your anger, you know, there can be some justification for your anger, but I think there's a tad that this isn't all present, you know, that's <laughs> what I felt somebody telling me. So that's it. That's the intuition side. And um, um, I forget exactly what your question was, oh, just, but, but that's the approach. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Healing and teaching and, and how... So healing
1: yeah. and teaching. Okay. So, so my theory is is that what we teach is what we need to learn mm-hmm. and so and so these are my modalities this is what i'm interested in my modalities and and of course i love helping people uh, to uh, to get insight mm-hmm. but the fact is is that i do it because there's something for me to learn and and that's what I teach is the openness of how to learn. It may be some of the particular modalities it may be an approach, but I think you know after that then we learn, by osmosis, we learn by how people you, you sit with a teacher for a while, and you've heard their lectures, you've heard the the science of it, and then how they are with the new people, and how they how they uh, how they answer your questions. They teach you uh, by their presence, and so the healer part of me, I is the the, sh- the shamanistic side of. Um, of just uh, you know I don't know how to see people sometimes ask me about my health isn't good and I don't really how to know how to see that in astrology it doesn't really interest me but what I can say to them is, is that I know that there's a mind body connection and so let me give you a bunch of the stories that you may be holding on to and if you let go of them I have a feeling that your body will be healthier
0: yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. I do believe that our emotions are more powerful than than anything. And I think if we are spiraling, if we're negative, if we go into depression, then our body completely shuts down.
1: Yeah, it's sending a message.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people just have no idea how amazing their body is in terms of their immune system and how they can combat particular illnesses, things like that. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on, on the changing world and how we're growing, but that's sort of, I've just always believed in that, you know, eating the right foods and, and, um, you know, self-love.
1: You mean uh, that part of the changing world? That, that part of the changing world, you mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I've had to be uh, more, my wife is very food conscious and she has physical things that she has to deal with. And I don't have that much, I don't have that reality, Mm -hmm. but I do need to eat better. And, um, and I can go unconscious pretty easily, but, but if I do eat better, I I find right now that this particular cycle is, I think I said before that, that I'm happy to be at home and I'm happy to eat the same thing every day. Uh, mostly, and I'm happy to, to be able to work in the garden uh, once or twice a day, and take my walks every day, and and they do uh, help our um, our our inner well-being uh, mm-hmm. just because. Uh, there was a quote that I liked that I'm going to, I'm not going to say the quote because I could, I'd mess it up. But basically, the fact is, is that the reason we feel so good in nature is because that nature isn't actually outside of us, that, that, that it's our, that, that we feel good in nature, be, it's not because we relax, it's because uh, nature takes us into who we really are. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so by being in nature, we're we're more in with our with our tree spirits. We're more in with our with our with our native ways of being uh, into our roots. Um, you had the Aboriginal down there. I know maybe maybe you don't have Aboriginal near where you where you where you live in Western Australia, or maybe they were there. I don't remember. But um, the the native tribes, I like to use, tell this story that um, there was a there was a book about the Bushmen in in the in the Kalahari Desert in uh, southern um, Africa. I think maybe in South Africa, maybe it wasn't South Africa at the time. But anyways, a a, a British guy uh, went to live with them for a few years, and he wrote a famous book about their their lifestyle. And these were, they say, fifty thousand year old cultures. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, in the book he talked about uh, that, that they would use uh, eggshells as their thermos. And because the, uh, the land was so arid, they would hide eggshells with water in it uh, on places. And if you're out on, an, on a walkabout that, uh, and you, oh, I'm thirsty. I'm gonna go down to the 7-Eleven and get a drink. What yeah. you would do is you'd go to one of these places where there was water sitting in an eggshell. Fifty thousand year old uh, uh, culture, and so the the story I tell is is that eventually, towards the end of the book, he he gets invited out. He knows them well enough that he's invited out to go on the big kill, and and so he watches. He's with them with the truck, and he watches them as he uh, follows them. And they blow dart an animal, and they have to follow that animal for two days for the poison on the blow dart to kill the animal. <laughs> And, and then they strap to the, the animal to, the, um, to, the, to his Jeep, and he's so excited to get back to the village and let them know that they got the big kill. And so as he's driving up to the village after being in the bush bush, mm-hmm. um, as he gets close, he can hear some singing in the distance. And what is it? It's the big kill song. The villagers already knew that they, that they had had the big kill. that they didn't have to be told it was pre-facebook it was pre uh uh, phones it was no email there wasn't even morse code or or you know a telegraph Mm. they just flat out knew because they were not living in in separation they were living in connection and so uh you know this is uh uh god we can get arrogant about ourselves and what we, we can. know and what we don't know <laughs>
0: absolutely yeah no ancient civilization i i feel as if they had uh they had the right way of living now that i
1: yeah <laughs> they absolutely now that we did. Killed, them, killed them all off <laughs> oh
0: how awful are we you know um and
1: well, it's God, it's God, too. And, and it has a purpose. And I don't know what the purpose is. I don't need to know what the purpose is. But it is a purpose, too. And there's still people living that way. Yeah. Uh, the Koji in, in is it uh, Colombia or somewhere in South America? That, mm,
0: the tallest coastal mountain range in Colombia.
1: 14,000 feet mountain. The Koji people, I heard about them and they're. Still a little tied into their roots. There are some people around you. You gotta stay off the map. You know, if yeah, you get on the right. map, it's a, it's a bit of a death knell. Yeah. And, if the, <laughs> and if the, and if the, um, and if the, and uh, if people don't physically kill you, and if the, you know, and if the, uh, and if the politics don't kill you, the 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 food will, mm, and absolutely. the disease.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've got the Indigenous Aboriginals. The, we do have some in the cities, but the ones that are out in the Kimberley region, the Pilbert region as well, but mainly in particular the Kimberley. So we have Indigenous communities living along the river, and and there are also um, there's a lot of politics there. Native title, you know, Indigenous people are trying to fight back for particular parts of their land, and and so to do that, they even have to you know lots of lawyers are involved. They have to put in a claim that they own that land, and then if they do eventually get to claim it then they then have to share it because there's already people living there and there's already some investor that's purchased that land so it's just completely crazy up in that region and now they want to dam the river which is going to impact a lot of the communities because they use that water so that there is still uh, the indigenous um, culture that we have that's you know out in, in the bushland but yeah it's it's slowly dying like they're either moving yeah. into the city and and um so yeah there, there are still communities that are fighting though fighting to live the way that they want to
1: <laughs> i would hope i would i would i'll say a prayer here that in 50 years it's better than it is now that that, mm. that perhaps we're at, we we've already hit a low point you know i'm not to say that it's Bounced a lot, but it has bounced, uh, perhaps, and in, in some places, and and maybe maybe something in a fifty or hundred years. Maybe uh, I would like to think that it will get better.
0: Yeah, we kind of went off grid with that. So let's get back to the enneagrams. I was curious if you take a test and you receive your number, say you receive a low number should the person work towards a higher number
1: there's no hierarchy between the numbers okay. they're just all yeah. stories and they're all icky i mean on the on the downside they're all sticky and they're really icky and and mm. and, and 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 so you know it's like it's like the the if you're going to go dating and Enneagram, you know, you're going to say, well, who should I be with, you know, so which combination of awful characteristics do you want to live with, you want to live with the, the perfectionist, the one who's who needs to be right about everything. You wanna be the, live with the to the helper who has to take care of other people in order to feel secure within themselves. I mean, they're all icky stories. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's who we think we are. It's a, it's a strategy that, that we, uh, the way I describe it is that, um, is, is that we, have, we all have a survival drive. While we can uh, live by the river in the summer and we can pick fruit off the tree when the, it's freezing cold in the winter and a bear is chasing us, then we need a survival drive to keep going. And so this survival drive is taken on a lens in order to help us to navigate life, and and this lens has gotten this has gotten like a, a cataract. I had a cataract removed. I am not sure what it was because I never really saw cloudy. But uh, the 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 cataract is the, the what what uh, fogs up our eyes. I mean, what fogs us up is the is the conditioning stories. And so we have this this pure survival drive. But then it's like you know it's like for the ancient people is like you know living and dying that the that the the difference between birth and death is is close you know it's not mm-hmm. you know you're just on the other side you know you're not really that far away but here we get so Oh my God! To give up my body, and so it's a it's a lens to take on, and we, so we have a lens to help us navigate life, and we have nine stories, nine lenses, because if we all had the same personality, we wouldn't get much done. We're a social species; we need the different lenses. Mm-hmm. And so then I say that uh, that the baby, six months old, three to six months old, grabs his or her foot and doesn't know it's a foot, and doesn't know it's theirs. Mm-hmm. And a year later, mommy says, baby's blanket, baby's blanket. And then six months later, the toddler says, my book, my blanket, my mommy. The misidentification has occurred. That we think that we are a separate I. And the misidentification that we are the separate I, the identification with ourselves as a separate individual rather than as divinity. As connected to god and so we spend the rest of our life undoing this uh misidentification and so the enneagram helps us to know what is the story that we're picking up because the 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 this were both sevens our issues are the same but but your issues if you're you know if you're two or different than seven you might have some similarities but they're basically different stories there's the different there's different uh there's, different, there's three different instincts, which is the, the anger, emotion, and fear. And there are three ways of relating to energy coming toward us. There are those that go to, toward it. Those are the extroverts. There are those that pull back from it. Those are the introverts. And there are those that live in the neutral, that they're neither extroverted nor introverted, but they kind of take a stance out at Things coming toward them in order to kind of figure out what to do. So, three reactions to energy times three core instincts gives us nine unique energetic enneagram vibrational signatures. Mm-hmm. And the anger ones are the eight, nine, and one. The eight is the outward, and the one is the inward, and the nine is the neutral. And the two, three, and four are the emotion bodied. Uh, individuals and the, the outward is the two and the inward is the four and the three is the neutral and for the uh, uh, the mental types the fear types, it's the five six and seven the five is the inward and the seven is the outward and the six is the neutral and so this is the beginning of the archetypal story about each one and the stories are fascinating mm-hmm. and the patterning and the ability to be able to predict behavior to help people to see what it is. People have the puzzle parts, but they don't know how to put the puzzle part, the part, the puzzle together. And so, what I can do with these particular modalities, I help to get them clear on what it is that's going on to put it into a patterning uh, mm-hmm. pattern uh, to, because the, 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 the numbers, the people who have the same stories tend to have the same, um, a lot of the same behavior patterns.
0: Okay, thank you, Indra, for sharing your philosophy. And where can my listeners find you for more information and the free offer?
1: So uh, I have a website, IndraRinsler.com, that uh, that has a lot of information on it. And uh, I go there. You can write me. Uh, I have the free offer. Uh, if you want your Vedic astrology charts, send me your. Uh, I need three things: date, time, and place. And then I will send you your astrology chart back, Vedic astrology chart back, and a and a little bit of a crib sheet there, a cheat sheet there, so you can figure out how to read it. And then uh, and then the enneagram test. The enneagram test take, can take about five to ten minutes, or it could take years. <laughs> <laughs> but what <laughs> I what I what I said before uh, is that. When I said only you can figure it out, what I mean to say is is that only you know yourself, really. I mean, as a professional, I can help you and I can make suggestions, but I can't tell you. I mean, you know, I mean, I can tell you I think something, but I can't (laughs) tell you what you are. It's really up to you, each individual, to figure that out. I can't really tell you because because we can't really tell what other people are thinking. We can't really tell what's going on. But if you're between a couple of numbers, the thing is, I ask people, I say, well, what's your mom or your dad to see if maybe you're getting confused with their story. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is is what's at the core, you know, like if you're um, if you're like a, like a six, if you think you're like a six. Or one six is the is has anxiety and security is an issue. Or if you're one and you get resentment and frustration, which of those? And you, and you say, well, I feel them both. I say, well, okay, great. Now which one is deeper? Which one is which one do you feel deeper? You know. And then they say, you know. Then if they say, well, the anxiety. I said, well, then you know, I'd look at six.
0: Okay. And anything in the pipeline? Any new projects coming up, or maybe travel? Uh,
1: <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking about getting manure on Wednesday. Uh, ah, you know, 10 10, that's, that's 10 fun. Uh, a ten-minute drive away. Uh, that's my big outing. Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm working on an article for a publication where I'm going to share uh, the, how the anagram and astrology work together so I'm Mm -hmm. working on that project the books are are getting closer Uh, you know I have some of those I've been doing a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't really been doing any teaching uh, much teaching I've been doing uh, uh, readings have been pretty good here last year was a very good year I took on some new modalities I hadn't really thought in new modalities but but uh, I started offering location astrology the the power of place. had a had a Figure out, you know, the 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 na- where maybe a good place to be, and maybe why some places aren't so good for you, and why some places are good, and uh, and I and another I, uh, modality, the Navamsha chart, which I knew about both of these for more than 20 years, but all of a sudden I got a calling uh, to to study them more, and now I bring them in. The Navamsha chart is the I call it the crown jewel of charts. It's the it's the, it's the spouse chart, but it's, it's the perfect spouse. Yeah. And who is the perfect spouse, but it's us at our highest. And so the Navamsha chart is the chart of who you will be in your later life. It's who you're becoming. And at, at the 20s and 30s, people are recognizing some aspects of this Navamta chart as something as a, as a I, I guess, as a goal, as a direction, as an as a understanding that this is who they will become. And at the 40s, 50s and 60s, they they understand this incredibly. So this has been a very powerful, a very powerful tool with the, with the um, with the with the ability for some people to understand place and to go into place because their story revolves about I don't know where to be and I never felt good anywhere and so let's go into your place story and 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 I don't know what I want to be well let's go into your Navamsha story and uh, and your and and what's happening for me right now well let's go into your Mahadasha story the great periods and and tell me about the strengths and weaknesses of the of your chart here with uh, your natal your natal chart is the this expression of who you are right now so there's a lot of different tools to be able to uh, and then the empty houses with the wheel of totality the the empty houses the the places of ignorance the blind spots what don't i get mm-hmm. people sometimes say what don't i get what what i, I understand what i understand but what is it that I, this maybe something i don't understand so i have a, a modality in order to be explained that so how did these modalities come to me and how did i develop the passion for them? is to be open all of a sudden these have been gifts that have been given to me by the divine they're they're, they're too beautiful and too perfect and too clear
0: i'm gonna to have to take you up on on those uh the readings
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> expect so, to hear from uh, me indra <laughs> okay so the idea being that the, these mo- these modalities have just come at the perfect time with uh with my own um as a uh, this is anthropomorphic but you know through through a gift through my own work through my own growth you know that's how we like to think of it but uh you know maybe that's what it is maybe it's just you know maybe i just got uh, smart and and i could have seen it you know i could have had them you know in childhood if i was smart enough you know but but I wasn't, and who cares? You know, it's, uh, you know, at, at my age, anything I accomplish, I'm very happy to accomplish whatever I accomplish. It's no, uh, why wasn't it sooner? You know, why didn't I meet you sooner, Esther? Uh, I've been waiting for you my whole life. You know, well, today is the day, and that's okay. I'm happy enough with that. And that's a, a blessing to be totally in that. And so it doesn't need to be any other way.
0: Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, I'll leave it there, Indra. Okay. But I just, <laughs> it's a lot to take in. Uh, and um, I'll also t- get the links and I'll put them in the description for the episode so that people can just yes. click on the link and, and locate you. And I just want to say I'm extremely grateful that you connected with me today. And so it would be night time where you are Is
1: that uh we're uh, six o'clock right here now oh, it's you're
0: six o- okay all right so it's not too late
1: northern california yeah northern california where yeah so yeah it's six o'clock here and it's definitely dark now and um yeah it's time for us all of us birds to go to sleep
0: (laughs) yeah all right (laughs) thank you very much
1: (laughs) chirping chirping is over for the day
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks thank you so
1: much for having me
0: that ends the conversation with indra i trust you found some beneficial information and can apply it to daily life finding identity letting go of identity being open to synchronicity realizing that purpose is better than being a victim and there's just so much more that i wish i could have uncovered with indra and i hope there will be another conversation that we can have so we can dig deeper into the realm of astrology and remember you can check out indra's website and receive a free reading along with astrological charts and don't forget people open your hearts open your minds live life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.